this is Kurt Franklin. Yeah, that's how I want to start it, actually. I think we should do, hello, I'm Mr. Reagan. I'll go, and I'm Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Reagan. Kurt's my best buddy and my writing partner. He flew in from Hawaii, and uh, I decided to put him on the show. So Kurt has just started his own show called Total Recast. Why don't you tell him what the show is about? Well, the show is basically me taking movies that have had questionable casting choices, like Highlander, they got a French guy to play a Scottish guy, and they got a Scottish guy to play an Egyptian. So even though I love that movie, it's sort of like a weird casting choice. So it's just basically me making fun of movies that I love, and ones that I don't like so much. And that's basically it. Just yeah. uh, recasting... Just talking about movies. Recasting movies with more appropriate actors or actors I would have liked to see in those roles. And it's uh, focused around comedy. You well, it's, it's, it's funny. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I thought it was appropriate that we talked about the movie business a little bit. We're here in Hollywood. Uh, we're both aspiring writers. Um, both, I, I would say, total failures. That's, um, I think that's an appropriate... Yeah. yeah. Total, total's a strong word, but yeah, yeah. it's total, total More failures. or less failures. Yeah. It's a difficult place, not, this not, Hollywood. Not total in the sense where we write really good things, but in the sense where no one gives a damn. Yeah, nobody cares about <laughs> us yeah. at all. All of you guys probably know, just from reading newspapers and stuff, the thinking of the whole you know left-wing SJW approach to movie making. Um, and so we were thinking about that, and we thought a good topic would be to discuss the way Hollywood portrays the straight white male. Mr. Reagan. The okay. way Hollywood portrays the straight white male. That's right. <laughs> That's my impression of Mr. Reagan. Do you know, do you know, what, the, you know what that voice is that I do? Uh, uh, understated Rod Serling? No, everybody thinks it's Rod Serling. I'm actually doing uh, Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear. But with it turned up to the max. Oh, yeah. but what... The greatest car in the world. But you're not putting yeah. on the British accent. You're just sort of like... Have the cadence. Yeah, it's the American version yes. yeah, of Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah, I learned to do my hosting from Top Gear. Well, it's now the Grand Tour. Hopefully that comes out soon. I'm looking forward to that. They keep going away for these long stretches. Like, Top Gear used to be like... That's on Amazon uh, Prime, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Amazon Prime. It's very, I will it's not very be watching irritating. That. I love it. Well, you know, whatever. So in my perspective, and you can tell me if you think differently, they seem to portray straight white men in two distinctly different ways in Hollywood. One, they are the epic hero, sort of the traditional idea of the great, awesome guy, which I, I think there's a reason that they do that. And then if he's not the most awesome guy in the film, he's not the lead, then he's like a completely useless idiot or a total evil a-hole. Right. And that's it. So he's completely negative or he's completely positive. And, and I think that there is a, really only one reason why straight white men tend to be cast as the hero very often and I think that that's because there's a market for it. For whatever reason, men, women, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, everybody, everybody kind of either expects or wants to see straight white men as leads. For whatever reason, these are the actors that tend to bring in the money, and so they get to be the action heroes and, and the romantic leads and, and this kind of thing. Uh, straight men, I mean, like, this, these are straight. These are actors we're talking about here, I mean... I think Scarlett Johansson said it best when uh, she described uh, all male actors as being a, a rather delicate bunch. Delicate. I love her. She always says yeah. messed up stuff about uh, about male actors being yeah. pussies. It's hilarious. Yeah, does she? It's like, oh, you're surrounded by all these men. She's like, man, these are actors. What are you talking about? <laughs> I have new respect for Scarlett Johansson. I'm the toughest guy in the I Avengers. I heard her say that. I love that so much. Yeah, she's awesome. So aside from the leading man role, for which there is a huge market for straight white men, um, these guys, you know, well, I guess guys like me, 
tend to be cast as either um, completely useless, completely hapless losers, mm -hmm. or pure evil, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's... You do occasionally get other races as villains in movies today, but, but most of the time, I think, you tend to find it's white men. Well, the responsibility that is felt on the part of the filmmaker is to include positive representations of minorities in their film. Oh, right. Which is why yeah. you tend this to have... This is the SJW. Which is why you have, tend to have things like the strong independent woman character, the token black guy, usually like the partner or the friend or somebody. Right. It's just like, right. like, this black guy here is just as good as the hero, but we're not going to pay attention to him. We're just going to like... Yeah. See? Okay, moving yeah. on. You yeah. know, that's, that's, that's why... Yeah, there's a sense of responsibility. Yeah, yeah. So we've got to push and, this agenda because and, America's racist and as well, when you, have, when you have that concern, which I actually agree with, like... Like, True Lies would be a good example. Mm -hmm. True Lies, you got a big German guy mm -hmm. going around shooting Arab guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. But then he's got the little buddy character in the van with Tom Arnold there. Yeah, who is Who has Arab, his hero, you know, hero moment. Or, or an Indian or something. And he's, uh, well, he's, he's playing, you know, he looks like the bad guys. But he's not a bad guy. <laughs> right. So all these guys aren't bad. Yeah, see? Not all these but that didn't work bad. because they still were yeah. just like, well, Arnold's running around blowing up Muslims. Yeah. What, a, what a terrible that movie. That guy was actually really funny. He's funny. Like he was good. Yeah. He, he did a few other things. He had a bit of a career yeah. there in the, uh, in the 90s. He was in Congo. Which is a terrible but awesome movie. <laughs> I, you know, I'll, I'll, I think that the '90s and the '80s, much like Schwarzenegger's acting, terrible and awesome. <laughs> anyway, go on. I, I think in the '90s and the '80s, they kind of had the balance right. You know, uh, they, you know, they they didn't want to overtly say, you know, you know, these guys are all bad because that that felt irresponsible. Mm. You know, so they would kind of have this sort of. But then there was like this idea of tokenism. Oh, now you're using this guy as like the token black guy. Richard Donner was doing uh, Lethal Weapon, the first Lethal Weapon there, and I guess it came out in 87. Hmm. But uh, she's, he's talking with this famous casting agent, who I can't remember her name because there's no such thing as a famous casting agent, but she was a very well-known one, and uh, she suggested for the character of Murtaugh, uh, Danny Glover. And, uh, and, and um, Richard Donner's response was, well, yeah, but he's a black guy. And she says, like, well, so? Hmm. So Donner's like, huh. So he thinks about it and thinks about... Danny Glover playing that part of, uh, and this was like, was this before the Cosby Show, you know, Richard Don, Richard no Donner's. What, what was it like eighty three? This uh, Little Open One was eighty seven. Came came out was in eighty seven. Yeah, it's later than you think. Okay, so it's, it's, no, it was definitely it's after Cosby. Show. Edging towards the eighties, but you know, because well, Richard Donner, Richard Donner, didn't immediately think of a black guy in the role. Why would he? He's a white guy. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make him a racist. It just doesn't mean. It just means he wasn't thinking like in a broad spectrum but the casting agent was and she was like I think Danny Glover would be perfect which of course he was yeah, especially sure, as yeah. like a counterpoint to Mel Gibson he's taller he's stuffier well, that, 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 exact, that, that is exactly how casting should be done right you, you should just find the best person for the part and it doesn't really matter you know uh, if you're if you're gonna cast if you're going to cast a, an actor for a part that's a particular way you just find somebody who's like that uh this whole kind of identity politics where they're just shoving people into parts because they feel like that person needs to be represented in that way in society because society is so ignorant. It's, it's not particularly effective because you're not always getting the best person. It's, it's really, um, I think, offensive to, the, to America. Mm -hmm. Like, it's disrespectful to America. So now it's like, if you're a straight white guy, you're relegated to these two kinds of roles. Mm -hmm. you're, right, you're either lucky enough to be the action hero or the leading man or, you know, if you're not one of those two things, you have to be a beta male, 
with like a beard and like a kind of a beer belly and kind of like a, you know, what do you call it? Like a, a marshmallowy, gooey doofus. Or you have to be like super evil. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you really have only those kind of two options. You don't really, you do occasionally get the everyman role, mm-hmm. but I think kind of like the smart, uh, cool guy who is a little bit better than everybody else, that's almost always relegated to the role of a woman. Mm-hmm. Almost always a woman. Or, you know, some kind of ethnic minority or something like that. There's this kind of push. To, and I think that that's because Hollywood perceives straight white men as unsympathetic, mm-hmm. right? So you're either extremely competent and a good person, which makes you a hero, or you're extremely competent and you're evil, which mm-hmm. makes you a villain, or you're incompetent and it's funny because white men, straight white men, have all this privilege. So in, in, in the face so, of that, yeah. being useless makes you super useless. It's like hilarious. So to put it in uh, late 70s terms, you're Superman. Excuse me. You're Lex Luthor. Or you're Otis. Otis, uh, take the gentleman's cape. I don't think he wants me to, Mr. Luthor. So you're, Those that, are your choices perfect. as a white man. Perfect. And then there's this big controversy about whitewashing. And that's when you take a traditionally Asian character or a black character, something like this, and you make them white. Or you take a... Um, and, and that's it, actually. That's it. That's, that's it. That's what it is. You um, make a character that was a, a minority, you make them white in the film. Yeah. You know, and they do this with, in the reverse a lot, too. They'll, they'll take a lot of white characters and they'll make them black or Hispanic or, or, or Asian or whatever. Mm. Uh, or, or they'll take a man and they'll make them a woman. Or they'll take a straight person and they'll make them gay. They've but they, been call, doing that, this but they call that updating the, <laughs> right. the material. Yeah. They call that a, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. Yeah, that's good. And then if you made a character white, it's bad. Um, so my my take on this my take on this is that for minor characters it's actually fine mm-hmm. like it, you should be able to make them white you should be able to make them black whatever it doesn't matter to me for major iconic legendary characters you're stealing from the culture mm-hmm. because the reason that Superman is Superman is because of all the things that make him Superman it's not just because he has superpowers uh, it's because of his parents it's because he grew up in Kansas it's because you know he had that sort of like uh, all American nineteen you know fifties childhood. I mean, I think it was the nineteen forties that the comic was originally around. Mm-hmm. But that whole golden age of comics, that was the that's the history of Superman. And if you change that, if you make him a different race, or you make him a different religion, or you know you make him a woman, it completely changes everything about him um, based on that one thing. And that you know because we're not talking about a very small thing. Mm-hmm. and I think aesthetics are important too. You know, it's important to have a particular look for a particular character. Um, if that character is an icon of culture. Well, because... when you're dealing with cultural icons, you're also dealing with something that's persisted and been part of the human consciousness for right. a long period of time. And there's time. a reason it got, it got to be an icon. And it's all the elements that make it that. It's not just mm. it's not just the superpowers. You, know? and you it's can't not... just change it drastically. Yeah. And you can't say that like uh, someone who was black or was Asian or Hispanic can't appreciate or identify with the character of Superman because he's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that's been going on in the oh, culture no. for a long yeah. time. We're just sort of like, you know... There's tons of white kids who love to watch like martial arts films, like mm-hmm. Bruce Lee. There's tons of white kids that love Bruce Absolutely. Lee. There's tons of black kids. Actually, in, tons, black, culture, in black culture, Bruce that Lee was huge, is like yeah. a big deal. What, they can't relate to him because he's the, Asian? In the 70s and 80s, there yeah. was like, yeah, that the black guys started dressing up like they were from China and making kung fu movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like... it's it, That yeah. kind of stuff crosses those sort of boundaries so now in my experience and now I've worked a lot in sort of like the low end 
Hollywood stuff. Like, I, I actually just got a bit part in a TV show, which I can't talk about because it's all top secret, but it's going to be on Apple TV, which apparently Apple's pumping a lot of money into original content, which is kind of cool. Um, so awesome a lot more projects. for writers, yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot more projects get work. Uh, projects getting made, stuff like that. But yeah, that was that was quite cool. I got uh, got two days of, of acting, and I said a few lines, which is kind of uh, nice. I may or may not be working at NASA. That's that's. I think that's about as much as I can say. Every single person in that room, almost every single person, was a white male. But this was set in NASA in the 1960s, so you know what are you gonna do? <laughs> but I, I typically find that that is the. Um, but that is the exception, not the rule. It, typically, in, in sort of like the low-level acting jobs, um, you know, your bit parts, uh, commercials especially, um, they're very reluctant to hire... Motorcycle riders, for this very reason. <laughs> because if they do, they'll be trying to record something, and you'll get this crap. Huh. They're, they're very reluctant to hire white males. They almost exclusively hire... Um, like black guys or ethnically ambiguous people, um, this guy, <laughs> uh, uh, Asians, Hispanic. You know, you were thinking, what the hell is that guy? Women. Well, okay, so I, I, uh, I had an agent for a while. Um, she's actually a friend of mine, real nice uh, lady. Um, and uh, I was sitting in her office one day, and she was like, "Do you know any over forty black women?" And I said, "Why?" And she said, "Because I can get them a job like that." You know they're they're in they're in huge demand at the time, and I think they kind of still are. Like like if you're a black girl, it's much easier for you to get work in Hollywood than if you're a white girl. If you're a black guy, it's much easier. I to smell a Tootsie remake, except Tootsie. you're not going to be a woman. You're going to be a black woman. That that would never Tootsie would never work today. The, I mean, the trans community would like freak yeah. out. I'm thinking, yeah, huh. it doesn't matter anyway. You'd have to hire a woman to play a man playing a woman yeah, yeah that would be, that would be yeah. how you and every time you got deeper in the dream things got a little bit slower and you were falling yeah. towards off the bridge into yeah. the water yeah. until you found the top spinning and then Tootsie by Christopher Nolan <laughs> oh my god and he's riding just like whacking the edges <clears throat> my gardener is not a fan of this show apparently <laughs> so my agent was like you know if you're black or you're Asian or you're Hispanic it's much much easier for me to get roles for people uh, smaller roles, commercials, stuff like that. Um, and so everybody always gets up in arms about these, you know, leads. You know, the, the lead is, is always white, or the lead is this, or the lead is that. Um, it's very hard, I think, for Hollywood to inject their sort of SJW agenda in a lead role. They still do it, for sure, but it, it, it goes against the market a lot of the time. And that's much harder for them to do because if they want to make money, then they have to do what the market demands. But they've they've also they've got this conflict, right? So I want to put an Asian woman here, but the market demands Mark Wahlberg come in and do it. So uh, they they end up having to hire basically who's going to make them the most money because they have a responsibility to everybody who's investing in the film. Once someone is an established draw. When somebody is established, they're more drunk. likely, to right? But 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 that's that's something that the market demands. It's not like the it's not like it's hard for Hollywood to manufacture stars. I yeah. think just like Tom Cruise playing Jack Reacher, which yeah. is something I'm going to address in my show Total Recast. <laughs> Jack Reacher on paper, as described in the uh, novels by uh, by um, I think his name it's is like a, uh, he's a lumberjack essentially. It's like Lee the big something. dude. He's a big dude. He's like six five, barrel chested, like uh, you know buff like 250 pound guy who people will look at and be like damn that's a big dude that's a scary looking dude 
Tom Cruise, not that size guy, but he's Tom Cruise. If Tom Cruise wants to star in the movie, the producers, everybody looks at it and goes like, Yep, Tom Cruise wants to star in our movie? <laughs> I don't do care it. what the movie is. Hire yeah. freaking Tom yeah. Cruise. It's, it, was, this a, was this supposed to be an, a small Asian woman? We'll, we'll hire because Tom now, yeah. Because now we've got a $200 million budget baseline, probably. Yeah. Yeah. They expect it now to make half a billion dollars. You know, yeah. Now it's a, a bigger movie. By virtue of his inclusion, and yep. maybe not the. Uh, I mean, I, I think he's great in those movies, but I mean, like that's why that happens. And you guys choose the stars by going to the movies with the actors you like. So you make stars by how well movies do, and how, movies do well based on how many tickets people buy. It's perfect representation of the free yeah. market system. It's a free market system. I mean, it's not a perfect representation because you can still say, "Well, I don't care. I want to put this person in my movie, and I don't care if it's going to damage the bottom line." So people do try to inject their politics into it. They do try to kind of like, well, I prefer if they have several options. Let's yes. say they've got Tom Cruise versus Will Smith versus. But um, the success of those films will dictate. The success of those films definitely does dictate to some extent. But the smaller roles, the smaller roles, they can manipulate. They can they can make it whatever they want. They can basically um, force feed you whatever they they want to do in terms of the rest of the casting of the movie. Um, now I think that's a mistake because I think every aspect of the film, every small detail, needs to be um, done in such a way that it's going to make the best film possible. That's how I think of filmmaking because I take it all very seriously. But a lot of these these guys, their politics are more important. They don't have an outlet like I do to to express themselves politically. So this is their outlet, mm. right? Casting a small bit part for you know th- this black kid because they don't think enough black kids have have roles or something like that, you know. And actually, in the in the Daniel Craig James Bond films, they have a black money penny. And oddly enough, uh, yeah, the James Bond those films. money the, her 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 part as money penny. Is bigger in every one of those movies than yeah. ever was in any yeah. other movie. And she can like shoot guns and yeah. Crap they ca- and they like... cast a black woman as money penny, and they give her a, lo- a yeah. much larger role. Our biggest sort of... problem. I don't mind her being black so much. We've discussed this. Our both of our problem with the new money penny too is not. It's just she's too <laughs> sexy. She's too sexy. Money penny's supposed to be kind of like, you know, she's supposed to be hot. I think, but sort of in a sort of girl next door cute way, mm-hmm. like a cottage English girl. And cute. she should have never been a field agent. The idea that no. she could have been a field she's a agent, secretary. she could have been a field agent, but you know what? She decided yeah. she wanted to be a secretary. Like, give me, a yeah, no, money penny. I know some girls who could play money penny brilliantly, mm. and they're absolutely charming. They're girls you'd want to date. They're nice little English girls. They had this. They had this controversy with um, with Doctor Strange. That's why watching controversy because they're like, oh, the, the old wise you know guru is supposed to be an old Asian dude, and they cast uh, whatever it is mm. Tibetan. Yeah, it's supposed to be yeah. Tibetan, and supposedly the reason they didn't do that, and they cast a, a woman who was uh, Celtic, I believe, uh, fine actress. Uh, can't remember the name, her name right now. Tilden, Tilda, Tilda, Tilda Swinton. Swinton. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking Tilton, but that's not right. Tilton, yes. <laughs> Tilda, Tilda Swinton. It's a kind of tea. Uh, playing uh, playing a um, um, old I- Irish woman. Celtic, yeah, yeah playing Celtic, and people are like cried whitewashing over that. But the whole thing behind that is they want Chinese money, so. The Chinese, they don't, don't like Tibet. It's no yeah. secret that they don't like Tibet. So if they lose out on all that sweet, sweet yen yeah. <laughs> or whatever they got out there. Yeah. And they also feel like they're balancing it. They're taking away an Asian part, but they're including a female part. So yeah. they're taking away one SJW. But of course, that wasn't good enough. You know, vi- you know, victim of society and putting in another oppressed mm-hmm. victim of society. And it's interesting, too, because you had a lot of people took uh, issue with uh, Iron Fist. The Netflix show Iron Fist, who is sort of Iron Fist, in that yeah. same group of yeah. street level heroes mm-hmm. as like uh, Daredevil mm-hmm. and Luke Cage yeah. Yeah. and those guys, 
and they were crying whitewashing or Iron Fist, but Iron Fist was conceived as a redheaded like dude, a, white yeah. guy. And but then of course, like and that's that's how he was done. But I can see that like there might be an outcry over something like, okay, yeah, the best uh it's sort of like it's sort of like Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. It's just like the best guy of all these guys is the white guy that came over and learned mm-hmm. to do stuff better than them. That's mm-hmm. sort of like the, the idea behind it. But I mean if uh, if you're writing for an American audience, yeah. it makes sense to have an American star. Yeah, if, I, if I were writing for a Chinese audience, mm. I would make a Chinese guy come to America and do crap better than all the Americans. Mm. Because that would be like fantasy fulfillment for them, right? right. It's a fantasy fulfillment thing, right? But it's, it's not necessarily racial. <clears throat> it could be cultural. It could be just geographical. You know, uh, mm. you, you know, you got the language barrier. You know, if you can come over to any foreign land and be better than everybody else, it's kind of a cool story. Right. It doesn't really matter who the hero is or what the culture is. And they've done that in other aspect and other realms as well with with white people. Mm-hmm. They did like this. There's this movie with um, uh, John Wayne mm-hmm. where he, uh, I think it's Brannigan, where he goes over to England, and it's all about mm-hmm. the American right. in England. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a skin color thing right. and ethnicity right. thing it's a yeah. cultural thing it's a cultural thing. thing yeah fish out of water story fish out of yeah. water story uh, Crocodile Dundee excellent yeah. movie the guy who is the he doesn't saint. have to be a aboriginal because essentially he is aboriginal raised by aboriginals he's almost Tarzan but the whole idea is he's from the Australian outback uh-huh. goes to New York and that's a huge difference in culture well Roger Moore played like the British cousin of Maverick oh, in the original he... series of Maverick no, yeah. he did yeah he did yeah no go. one realizes that uh, Chris is actually 85 years old. He was also on Maverick. How much does that Robert Colbert, Col- Colbert guy look like uh, Christian Bale? That's freaky. <laughs> Brent Maverick, yeah. That's funny. Oh, that's the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because they he doesn't look that much like they him. Wanted, they, they, there was such a demand for the Maverick show. They had two actors. No, no, that wasn't it. What, what, what it was is that Maverick. they took so long to record each episode. Oh, so they alternated they, week to week. Yeah, so they had two. They had two different crews. Yeah, and then they would alternate week. To what week. a concept! Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a cool this show. This week on MacGyver, the other MacGyver. <laughs> Just like we should do that. He also that. learned all the same stuff as MacGyver. So, so I think what we're trying to say here is that <laughs> most of what. Uh, Society, the SJWs, Hollywood always blows up about, oh, no, you know, no black people won the Oscars this year or whatever. A lot of that's kind of manufactured um, hysteria, right? It's manuf- manufactured controversies. They're mm. not really that big of a deal. Um, I, I would say that, that Hollywood is, I, I, you know, I wouldn't say it's devoid of racism. I'm sure there's some racists that I haven't met out here, but, but for the most part, they go well above and beyond out of their way to try to be inclusive of race to the point where um, they tend to be a little bit exclusive of straight white men. They tend to treat, I think, straight white men in the writing poorly, often, unless it's the lead, mm-hmm. um, which is, again, driven by the market. Um, or they tend to... And they tend to just exclude straight white men as much as possible from, from roles generally. They just don't like to see them in movies or commercials or, or TV shows. And a lot of people will say, well, no, I see white men all the time in TV shows, movies, and commercials. But I do think it's a smaller percentage than what you would expect to find given the percentage of the population. Exactly. Generally. We haven't discussed that. If you take the percentage of the population into account, right. then it's... Well, well the, the thing about TV and movies is they'll take statistics... <laughs> And they'll try to incorporate them into their projects. So they'll say, okay, well, there's 12% black people in the country. There's this many percent Hispanics. There's this many percent Asians. Let's make sure we have an even distribution in the, in the project. Well, 
depending on where you are in the country, there might be 1% black people and no percent anybody else other than white people. Mm-hmm. Or you might have, you know, 90% black people or something like that. So, you know, nobody complains that in like an all black comedy, you know, there's no white people. Nobody complains about that because that's realistic, right? You go into a black neighborhood, you know, it's, it's, you may not see a white person yeah, for several blocks. I don't want to get shot. <laughs> I did not say that. But, but, but in, in, um, in any sort of mainstream sort of like, you know, white culture film or American culture film, you've got to include as many races as possible. You've got to be as inclusive as possible. I think, I think it's not necessary. This idea that, oh, you know, I, want, I need to see somebody that looks like me on the screen. It's like there are people who look like you on the screen. Mm-hmm. All right. You've got, you've got tons of people. You've got Will Smith. You've got The Rock. You've got a lot of different, I think, successful actors who are great actors. Veen Rames is great. Uh, uh, you know Morgan Freeman I don't know Chris Rock you can go on and on and on There's well Chris of... Rock is a brilliant stand up but he's a terrible actor <laughs> so he's a I like bad Chris example. Rock I would put him in movies hmm. I would put him he in was, movies he was great in, uh, in Superman actually with the bad outfit line nobody's gonna get that reference I'm it's not putting a bad it outfit <laughs> hey, Jim, excuse me that's a bad outfit well, we have to remember, too, that people in Hollywood don't think the way normal people think. No. They have their own perception of what reality is and mm-hmm. how other people regard things. So yeah. they are going to care more about presenting their perspective. Their perspective and wanting to change the world to make, to make us all less racist. At the end of the day, I don't think it's the most harmful thing in the world. Uh, mm. In terms of for society, but I do think that it's quite negative for you know up and coming sort of like straight white actors who maybe can't get a job because you know the industry wants to cast somebody that pushes their agenda, wants to put a woman in the cast or something. But I think it's always going to be like this. I don't think it's going to change. I think that's just part of the game, right? It's a crappy system out here. <clears throat> there is actually a much worse problem in Hollywood, which is nepotism. So, it, it, you know, if you're friends with somebody or you're their relative or you're their cousin's 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 cousin, it's much easier for you to get a script read or if you get an audition or something like that than if you don't know somebody. Oh, I thought you were talking about having sex with corpses. <laughs> what, is, yeah. what am I thinking of? <laughs> uh, necrophilia. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem in Hollywood, too. Uh, no back talk. It's awesome. I think that's all. I think that's everything. I think so. I was going to mention how maybe uh, it, it might be just more interesting the cast uh, instead of say a straight white man cast yeah. a woman or cast a black guy yeah, or something yeah. yeah casting against type is often f- uh, just a just a more entertaining mm. way of uh, casting so yeah at the end of the day I don't think it's actually a huge deal I know a lot of people kind of complain I certainly complain a lot when they blow it up as like oh they didn't you know they they, they cast a white person in this role or, you know, they cast a black person in this role. I don't think it's a huge deal unless you're dealing with icons, like cultural mm-hmm. icons. I don't think they should make James Bond black. I don't think they should make Superman black or anything like that. Um, sure. I, I did I did kind of like uh, they were going to cast uh, Childish Gambino as Spider-Man. I kind of like that idea. Mm-hmm. Just because uh, I like him. Just because I like that well, actor. Well, I think what you touched on is important, too, because I don't like the idea of trying to hijack an audience. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, or hijack it, part of the culture. Yeah, well, I th- well, like like with Star Wars, they want to push an SJW right. agenda, so right. they take Star Wars. Yeah, because lots and lots of people right. are going to see Star Wars. Yeah. if they made their own yeah. thing, yeah. their own fantasy, yeah. their own epic, their own science fiction movie, yeah. and made it all SJWE, people it wouldn't be that built-in audience right. for one thing. And then once early word got out, 
Nobody people wouldn't would see it, it yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's the same as hijacking a plane and saying, you know, we have these demands. Yeah, right. You, you, you're saying like we're going to kill all the people on this plane unless you give us what what we want. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. I mean, like you're terrorizing people. You're creating a, te- you know, you're doing a terrible, terrible thing, you know, to push your agenda to get the things that you want across. It's, mm-hmm. you know, yes. Yeah. So if you want to push your agenda, don't do it cultural with terrorism, beloved cultural it. icons. Yeah, don't do it with beloved cultural because icons. then you're then you're just messing with people and negatively impacting or potentially negatively impacting an audience that doesn't deserve that. They just want yeah. to have a good time. So, anyway, um, that's it. I think. I think that's it. Yeah. So watch watch Kurt's show. I'm going to put a link to that here somewhere. I'm going to put a link to that in the description. I'm also going to have a link at the end here. Um, so go ahead and click on that. It's going to be a great show. I'm going to be in the first episode, I think. I hope. We're going to record it right now. We're going to record it right now. So stay tuned for us talking about uh, the new James Bond film that's coming up. Not the next Daniel Craig one. But what's going to happen after Daniel Craig vacates the part? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about his Wait films. We're going to talk about where we'd like to see that franchise go and who might be the next James Bond. That's it for us. Uh, if you liked my show, uh, give me all your money on Patreon because I'm poor. Don't forget to hit the like button. If you want to see more shows like this, please subscribe. And if you hate us, well, then what? Go f*** yourself. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm going to end on that. Good night. Good night. Mr. President, in talking about the continuing recession tonight, you have blamed mistakes of the past, and you blame the Congress. Does any of the blame belong to you? Yes, because for many years I was a Democrat. <laughs> the trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. Now...